Hello, 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 and welcome to Human Becoming Podcast. I was having a full-on, like, mm, 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 jam session uh, just before pressing go, and then I was like, okay, I actually have to <laughs> sit down and record this episode. So, hello. My name is Dumi. Sometimes I say Tumi. Sometimes I say Dumi. Just depends on the day and how I'm feeling. And you are listening to Human Becoming Podcast, a podcast that maybe began as an exploration of what it means to be human and now is really exploring. Mm, I'm really wanting to move into greater explorations of leadership. Like leadership is coming up as a big word for me lately, especially as I move more into the business space and then spend more time mentoring other business owners and, uh, and spiritual entrepreneurs. And it feels an artists and creatives and, you know, all the, all the goodies, all the good, 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 wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, ways to exist in the world. And I noticed that this theme of leadership really feels like it's coming up strongly uh, and that human becoming is increasingly orienting towards like how do we cultivate the leadership that the Aquarian age needs, requires. And this started, I mean, this has been such a theme in human becoming, like how do we become human, specifically situated in the context of this massive shift in consciousness that we're experiencing and massive shift in technology and massive shift in how we are choosing to be alive on this earth. And also as we're at this like really interesting, cool tipping point of like, are we going to carry on with our capitalist model and I don't know, die? Uh, or are we going to find new ways of becoming human? And that's where, you know, human becoming really comes in and is like, wait, what if there were these other ways to be human? What if there were these other ways that we could organize our lives, our relationships, our societies, our culture? Like, what if we could really shift uh, what it means for us to be human? And now that's really taking us into this place of like, what does it mean to be one of the leaders of the Aquarian age? What does it mean to step into leadership at this moment in human history, right? Like, and specifically, I ask that question because all of the people that I work with and support are in their own ways, stepping into that leadership to be part of the transition that our society is making. And they're, they're doing that in their art and they're doing that in their businesses. But there's the sense of like, the people that I love working with really are dreaming of a different future and through their art and their work and their businesses are, are working to create that future. There, there's some, there's something that they're answering through their art, their work, you know, their business. And so then the question has become like, how do we really meet that with integrity? How do we meet that call? How do we meet that intensity? Um, how do we meet that invitation? There we go with integrity. And like, what does it mean to be a leader at this time? And I think it's so interesting. I've been reflecting on this because growing up, I had an older brother. I was much, I was the introvert, the quiet introverted sibling. And my brother was like the extroverted, loud, you know, 
um, <laughs> loud makes it sound rude, but like loud in energy, you know, on all the, on all the sports teams, student body president kind of, um, leadership. And I would tell myself so much when I was younger, like, I'm not a leader. That's Quenna. Like, that's Quenna's role or that's, you know, what Quenna does. And it's so interesting to see how from such a young age, I like told myself like, no, leadership, that's not for me. Like, I'm not a leader. I'm like a behind the scenes person. It's like, well, then there's also a flawed idea of like what leadership is, you know, and that like leadership is only this very particular um this only this very particular image that some of us have or many of us have of like kind of the more charismatic um extroverted leader um so many of the leaders that i really love and respect are such incredible introverts and i just love that and that's me too and so stepping into and owning that like yeah i, I do occupy a role of leadership in my business uh, especially that's where it shows up like in human becoming um, and working with human becoming, there is a leadership role that I'm asked to step into. And it's really interesting just to like own that and to honor that um, and to step into that powerfully. And then to say like, what does that mean to step into that powerfully? And then what does it mean to support other people to step into their vision powerfully? Because that for me is what leadership is. It's like stepping into your vision, your purpose, the piece of the puzzle that God is calling you to offer, the weaving in the tapestry that God is asking you to weave, right? Like that thing that is yours to bring into reality, that dream that is yours to bring into reality, that dream that is yours to dream, and that dream that is dreaming you. How do we show up to that big ass quest <laughs> with integrity? And today I'm going to speak about one, one thing that comes up for me and this comes up in my work and this comes up in my personal life, but such a big part of this meeting our role, our vision with integrity for me feels like really prioritizing pleasure and <sighs> yeah, that is a really exciting thing for me to speak about. So I'm going to speak about that with you today. Um, I think in that, you know, I, so I'm here and I've set out like a really cozy little blanket for myself and I got some hot water because I was like, ooh, I want to drink some hot water in this very specifically colored mug. So, and, and I wanted to sing before starting this and take a few breaths and like just get into my body. I had an amazing orgasm, hallelujah, uh, before <laughs> getting on to the mic to record this episode. So, I would encourage you to take whatever steps uh, you can right now to make the space around you, to make this moment just slightly more pleasurable. Uh, my mentor and coach Luna Dietrich will speak about like how can you how can you bring in just like five percent more pleasure? How could you lean into five percent more pleasure here? what would it look like, right? Like that, and that 5% might be, well, I could light some incense. 
um, or make some tea or drink some of my water, or I could get more comfortable where I'm sitting, or I could like take a few breaths to really ground. But like, what is a way that you could really prioritize your pleasure in this moment? And I think what's so wonderful about pleasure is under capitalism and also just because there's so such a misunderstanding about pleasure in this world um, and like so often people connect like pleasure and sexuality um, and they are connected but it's not like that is not pleasure is not only existing in the realm of sexuality and for me pleasure is is more within the realm of the erotic right like these the this this aliveness this life force that is just pulsing through us and pulsing through our every day and our every moment and our every cell and we can have moments of leaning into that life force leaning into that aliveness but that can happen when we're having sex with a partner or with ourselves that can happen when we feel that sensation of sun kissing our skin or when we have that first glass of water in the morning or when we stretch into that spot that's just like, oh, there's so much sensation there. Um, or when we have a conversation with someone that feels really nurturing and filling. When we listen to a podcast episode or someone that we love speaking about something that we care about, right? Like there's so many ways that we can experience this absolute pleasure of being alive and it includes the sexual, but it is not limited to the sexual. And so putting pleasure first isn't about like having lots of sex and lots of orgasms or like specifically, you know, like genital orgasms. Um, Cause I think there are so many orgasms that we can have, but <laughs> it's not just, yeah, that, and that's wonderful. Like fuck, love me and orgasm. However, I think under capitalism and the patriarchy, the erotic, like this aliveness that we can feel was really relegated to the realms of the sexual. So like we can only feel this aliveness when we're having sex. We can only feel turned on uh, when we're having sex. And it's like, actually, we can feel turned on by life. We can feel turned on by the sensations of being alive. And the more that we can notice those and like notice the moments when we are experiencing pleasure and then noticing when we could orient towards pleasure, like, hey, what could I do in this moment to just experience 5% more pleasure? What would that look like? And then doing that, right? Orienting towards that. Just absolutely delicious. So like in this moment, I could take a sip of my water, which is what I'm going to do. Amazing. Yum. So why does it matter as leaders um, to put pleasure first? And I want to I want to invite in that that term like human becoming first introduced me to the title of healer which was like felt really edgy and like whoa and then I spent you know years really exploring that like what well, what does that mean um and now I'm really inviting you to think of yourself as a leader right and and once again this is very 
um, anti-capitalist of us because of who I know is <laughs> what I know about you. If you're listening to this episode right now, um, or what I know about you because you are listening to this episode right now, <sighs> right? Like there are so many ways that because of the work that you do, because of your identities, because of who you are in the world, like leadership might feel like something that's really foreign or removed. And because of the wounds that we carry as a world around power, and because I know that you care about justice in the world, I'm like, ooh, mm, feeling that connection to leadership can feel really scary. And then it can feel like, well, I can't say that about myself. Um, which is like the shame and the like, um, no, 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 only specific people are leaders. And then there's also the like, wait, but I don't know if I want to be that because that's been so like icky under capitalism. Um, and I would really just say like stepping into, well, let's even think about like leadership in your life. Like when we just think of like, I think another word for um, that experience of of being in a leadership position in your own life, like in your own bubble, is sovereignty. Uh, so when you think of like your your little, I call it the bubble kingdom, because <laughs> I like to think of like there's a bubble around you, and that bubble is your boundaries. And inside of that bubble, like this big, beautiful bubble is like everything that is within your domain. It is your realm. It is your kingdom, right? Like that is aka your sovereignty, <laughs> everything that exists inside of your boundaries, your sovereignty, your sovereign kingdom. And this experience of leadership can really be like, what would it mean for me to step into a, a leadership role in my own life? For me, but if I explore that question, it's like, oh, that would mean taking responsibility, owning the power that I have, right? Like not falling into victim consciousness inside of my own life around like what is and isn't possible, but really like looking at my kingdom and looking at the, at the, or my chiefdom, like whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to language you want to use, your chieftaincy. Um, I I come from a line of chiefs, so that's why I'm thinking of like the chieftaincy. But whatever you want to think of this little space that is yours, what would it mean to step into more power there? What would it mean to step into more authority there? What would it mean to step into like this is my kingdom? I get to make the choices here. I get to say what does and doesn't go. I get to steer the ship, right? Like I actually get to say, you know, we're moving in this direction now. For me, that that kind of is like this, this leadership that we can step into inside of our own lives. It's, you know, another way of thinking of it is like living a self-driven life, I think for me is, is stepping into your own personal leadership is saying like, I'm in this car and I'm going to drive the fucking car. And capitalism doesn't want us to drive the car. Like colonization, patriarchy, these paradigms of power over and domination that try to keep us powerless do not want us to have that real sense of this is my realm. I get to make the decisions here. I get to say what does and doesn't work for me. I get to steer the ship in new directions right? I get to do that. 
because, you know, we're, we're not supposed to, we're supposed to doubt ourselves. We're supposed to, you know, remain in this position of, of handing over our authority, handing over our, um, authority isn't the word I'm looking for here. Like handing over control of our lives over to the other, right? Like this experience of like, I don't trust myself with the kingdom. So I'm going to give the keys to external authority. I'm kind of an anarchist, you know, this is where I'm like, so then we, we give control to the government, um, because we say like, okay, we're not, we're not controlling. We're not taking, uh, a leadership position, uh, in and around our own lives. And, and this is, you know, I'm speaking at the most extreme level, but that's kind of what that is. It's like, okay, then we're going to give that leadership over to the government. Um, and I kind of dream of a world that is more anarchistic, where people are in such a deeply rooted place of sovereignty and, and self-leadership that we don't need external bodies or you know, big brother to control us. And, and that doesn't mean that we won't still have leadership structures. But I think the way that we relate to, to leadership as a world now is like the government keeps us under control and keeps its citizens under control and keeps its citizens from like killing and murdering each other. Like most of the time when you say like, oh, what if we lived without government? People are like, and then people would just murder each other. you know. And it's like, so there's this huge sense um, I think baked into our our consciousness that like we are all untrustworthy and we need to be externally governed because we are so untrustworthy that I don't know maybe we're just gonna murder each other and it's like it, it flattens the fact that a lot of violence in this world happens because people have experienced deep trauma in this lifetime and ancestrally you know intergenerationally across lifetimes and they're enacting the violence of that trauma onto other people because when people don't metabolize their trauma they're likely to blow that trauma through another being so you know just just to add some a layer there um but anyway, to get back to this this theme of self-leadership, I think one really important aspect of self-leadership is honoring our pleasure and honoring our desires. And I have this big thesis that our desires are probably the most godly thing about us and that our desires are God's way of communicating to us about what God is seeking to create through us, right? Like what is what is the dream that God is wanting to dream through us? I believe that we know that dream through our desires and thus our desires should or can be treated as sacred, as deeply, deeply sacred, and as carriers of deep wisdom that can influence and inform how we live our lives. And so pleasure is so connected to our desires, right? Like, we we know our desires more and more by leaning into pleasure, by leaning into what we want, right? Our desires, pleasure, all we're saying here is can we know? I think leaders know what they want. If, I, if I'm going to like, if we're going to be like, what is the, what is the core of this episode? Leaders know what they want. They know what they want for themselves. They know what they want to create. And then they take the steps towards that, right? Like for me, that's the process of, and that can, that shows up 
when we decide to have kids or when we decide what we're making for dinner or when we decide that we're creating a business or when we're working on that next art project, right? Like, I think really this very powerful Aquarian age leadership is... I know, and for me, this is specifically Aquarian age leadership, for me is defined by, I know what the vision that God is wanting to move through me is. And not like, I know exactly what it is, and I know every aspect of it, you know, but like, I I know in this moment, this is where God is pointing me. I can feel that because I want it, right? Like, I want this thing. I want this thing. I want this business. I want to create this art. I want it to take this specific form in the world, right? I want it to win this award or I want it to be produced by this company. Um, thinking about like with my clients who are, you know, artists and, and working artists and creatives. Um, but also I want to create that business, right? I want to offer this thing. I want to receive money for doing this. Like I want to do that. I want to do blah. And so knowing that is, for me, the the first reason that pleasure is so important is having a, a pleasure practice, a practice of knowing pleasure for ourselves, knowing pleasure in our bodies, knowing how to follow our pleasure is what helps us to know more deeply in a given moment what it is that we want. Because I think also often I hear this like, um, I hear a I hear something that is not true in what I'm saying right now, which is this the sense that like we will know all of God's plan for us, <laughs> which we just won't. <laughs> but what we do know is I really want to create that podcast. That's how human becoming started. Not I'm going to create a podcast and it's going to be about my journey moving through my madness and the healing journey that I've gone through. And then it's going to become about sex and relationships and pleasure. And then it's going to become about leadership and money and power and shadow work. I had no fucking idea that human becoming would be where it is today, that it would have the reach that it has, that it would be listened to that it would be listened to by people in like 95 countries um, and would have like over 10,000 downloads. Um, Yeah. Like, did I have any idea that this is, and now that I would mostly be speaking about power, money, leadership, sovereignty, what it means to step up as a leader of the Aquarian age. Fuck no, I had no idea, but I woke up with the desire to start a podcast called human becoming. And I followed that desire. And then I followed that desire through the first season. And then I followed that desire as it changed in the second season. And then I followed that desire as it said, let's make a third season about love. And then I followed that desire as it said, we're actually wanting to bring all of these things together, all of these pieces of the puzzle together to say, what does it mean to be a leader in this age? What does it mean to step into our own leadership and really commit to surrendering to the vision that God is wanting to move through us? <sighs> and so I bring this up to say we we feel that impulse and we don't have the bigger picture. But when we can trust and lean into the impulses and continue trusting and leaning into the impulses 
then we can be part of the unfolding of God's vision. We can be part of the dance. It's much more like a dance than uh, this is what it's going to be. And then creating that, you know, it's, I, ooh, I'm feeling a curiosity in this direction. I'm feeling desire pull me in this direction. Like desire, mm, if I could, if I could think, if I could create like an image of desire, it's like in the dark night, this, twinkling light that suddenly appears you know when we're having the moment in the hero's journey when we're just like ah we're in the cave we're trotting through life we're like oh my god and we see this light just totally beaming in front of us and it maybe it's ever so slight and then we see it moving a bit further and we follow it you know and eventually desire and our dance with desire becomes this dance of following that magnificent light as it dances through the ethers and we follow it with a madness and like human just frothing like oh my god <laughs> i really want to move towards this i'm curious about this light right and that's that's the light of our art that's the light of our business that's the light of everything that we're creating. Really, for me, I'm interested in working with leaders who want to create. And I think that is part of leadership is, is creating whatever that creating may look like. And so we follow that. We follow the light of our creations. And, and if you're an artist, you know that there's, there's a vulnerability in the artistic process, right? Like rarely do we sit down? Do I sit down with a podcast episode knowing what the fuck is going to come out in the podcast episode? You know, I sit down and I know I want to make a podcast episode about pleasure and I allow that light to guide me through. And in the artistic process, we'll often have moments of like, it's a deeply vulnerable process because you just keep surrendering to the impulse and the urge to create, not knowing what is coming out of you. And yet you keep surrendering to it and keep surrendering to it. And so why do we put pleasure first so that we can have an ability to be connected to our desires so that we can have an ability to be connected to our desires so that we can have an ability to be connected to God so that God can guide us with the light of our desire towards the the vision the goal and really not just towards the vision and the goal but so that god can guide us on the journey so that god can guide us in the dance that god is wanting us to dance that's really what it is <sighs> and so that is that's really what i want to share today is like if you are an artist if you are a business owner or you're wanting to create a business uh, you're an entrepreneur, right? Like I'm a business owner. I think people often then are like a business owner, but if you're a practitioner, if you're a healer, if you're an artist, right? Like, and if you know you want money to come to you through selling your services or your the products that you create, but I mostly work with people who are desirous of like um, selling a service that they offer, um, or the service of like creating art, right? Like technically there's a product in there, but like, it feels like, um, service, but let's just say service and products because I'm going blah, blah, blah. So if you're someone who creates in the world, uh, and, and specifically because this is how I'm orienting the, the work of human becoming is if you're someone who creates in the world and wants to get paid for that creating, 
pleasure is your friend and pleasure is so important. And pleasure is so important because so often we're taught to make decisions from shoulds, from rationality. And it's not to say that sometimes it's not important to bring our head into the equation and say like, hey, how is this sounding? But when we're so committed to making decisions through rationality in the head, we leave out our intuition. And intuition and desire are incredibly connected, right? Like the the, the pulse of our intuition and the pulse of our, our desire is so, so, so connected. And so when we're making decisions around the art that we're creating, when we're making decisions about the action steps that we're taking, um, I'm thinking about like, Uh, a client who is working to get this piece of theirs. I'm trying to speak about it like without too much detail, but they're working to get art that they love and feel passionately about um, picked up by, you know, a a studio um, and, and to be created then within, you know, like with a producer and a director and all the wonderful things. And let's say when we're doing things like that, right? When we're, when we're like, I want to get this manuscript published or I want to, um, I want to do whatever. I want to create this podcast. I want to create this business. Blah, 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 blah. It's so useful to say like, what feels good here? When I'm, ma- when I'm moving towards this vision, I know, I know the GPS coordinates, right? The GPS coordinates are that I have a wildly successful show that's been produced, or my EP is just has been sold to millions of people, or has hundreds of thousands of 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 downloads on Spotify, or you know my podcast is listened to all around the world and um, and has millions of of downloads and you know whatever it is, like that's the GPS coordinate. But then we are often in this position as vulnerable humans where we know where we want to go and we know where we are and we need to traverse the middle bit, aka go on a journey, right? Go on an epic quest. And in going on that epic quest, sometimes we will find ourselves like, what should I do? What should I do? What am I supposed to do? What makes the most sense? And what I found can create such profound transformation is like, what feels good? What would be the funnest, most turned on way of getting from where I am to the place that I'm wanting to go? And often that, that, that version that feels most turned on, like I would send this, I would send the script to these studios or, um, or I would reach out to people individually, or I would create this podcast by, you know, um, whatever, creating this really pleasurable framework for myself, like having a dance party before every episode. Um, Or, right, this can also come out as sometimes when we're creating art, we're creating it from a place of should. What business should I create? Well, the skills that I have are as a sex and relationship coach, and maybe as an ancestral lineage healing practitioner and an attachment therapist. So, I think the business that I'm going to create should be about sex relationships and attachment. But the most turned on vibrant spark might be, I actually want to create a business that's around power, money, leadership, and doing the shadowy work to step into our most powerful leadership roles 
to be able to support this transition that is happening in Earth's moment, in Earth's story. And that that spark, that turn on that's there is likely God communicating to me and saying like, this is the thing that I really want you to do. And we can end up, you know, doing the thing that we think we should do, creating the art that we should create or the business that we should create. It doesn't feel that turned on for us. It doesn't always do (laughs) as well as we think. Like, no, if I create the sensible art or this sensible business, then it'll do well. And it's like, sometimes no, sometimes yes, but you might be miserable doing it. Or you can create the art that turns you on, or you can create the business that can, that turns you on and you create the art and the business that turns you on and find a process of creating that art and that business that turns you on. So it's not just like the idea of the art turns me on, the idea of the business turns me on. But like for me, that looks like creating a business that turns me on. That would look like orienting human becoming to speak about leadership and power and money while using my tools as a sex and relationship coach to create and um, and support leaders who can be erotically empowered. Because when we are erotically empowered, we can tap into our most powerful leadership, right? And this is specifically what the patriarchy and white body supremacy and colonization have tried to suppress is our erotic embodiment and our erotic empowerment. So for me, one of the pillars of of leadership of the Aquarian age is erotic empowerment. What else can I do? Oh, I can use my knowledge as a somatic practitioner to create embodied leaders, right? To support the emerging of embodied leaders. Once again, our culture has encouraged um, like a normalized regular dissociation and disembodiment. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like we have learned to survive in these ways, but I think our most powerful leadership comes from an embodied place. So I can use that knowledge to support the people I work with to step into an erotically embodied leadership. And then... I can use my fucking love for shadow work and my my experience doing existential kink work and practicing existential kink to support my my clients and the leaders that I work with to really know their shadows because I I think another aspect of Aquarian age leadership is really knowing your shadows. We are so much more dangerous when we don't know our shadows and then disavow them. We are so much more powerful when we know our shadows, when we're, when we're able to engage with them and love them fiercely and be like, yeah, that is a part of me. That's where some really fucking powerful, badass leadership comes from, right? And then I can go on this, like, and I can use my tools, de- like, of deshamifying and helping people to, to release shame so that they can actually learn what they desire so that they can connect to God and I can use my experiences as an ancestral lineage healing practitioner, but also someone who has an active ancestral practice and spiritual practice and like way of connecting to God in a regular daily way, um, structure, whatever. I can use that to support leaders because I think another aspect for me of Aquarian age leadership is God first. And, and not in the way some of us might be like, ah, by that language, but God first as Am I surrendering to the vision that God wants to move through me? Am I surrendering to the vision that God wants to move through me? 
right? So if we can meet our leadership from a place of erotic embodiment, from a place of knowledge and acceptance of shadow, and from a place of God first, I am totally surrendered to God, we can be really fucking powerful leaders, really fucking powerful leaders. But I could spend all day saying like, no, but it makes more sense for me to do sex and relationship coaching with people because that's where my training is. That's more practical. Or it makes more sense for me to do like the ancestral work with people or like another thing for me in that shadow work um, with the leaders that I work with. I specifically like working with these wounds around money and power because these are for those of us who care about justice and are oriented towards justice, which I think is important as an Aquarian age leader is to be oriented towards justice. We've seen how relationships with power and money have been really fucked in the world. And so sometimes we resist that, but that's not where our most powerful leadership comes from. Once again, this is a shadow wound that needs to be integrated. So the work that I do around money and helping people to come back into right relationship with money and with power and feeling their power and having other people feel their fucking power, so important. And that's where my aliveness is. Like, that's just what turns me on thinking about thinking about those wounds around money and power. And and specifically because I work with so many people who are activists and and care about social justice and then have learned to be like money and power bad because they're connected to capitalism. And it's like then we're we're trying so hard to get away from this thing that we've said is like totally bad that we're going into another not self theme, which is this kind of avoidant relationship to money and power versus coming into true empowerment, which for me is, is knowing the deep power that we have within us and healing all of the places that capitalism and colonization patriarchy have really, um, have really like kicked us in the gut, which is around money, which is around power and which is around sex. And so what do I focus on in, in, in working with the leaders that I feel really passionately about working with money, power, and sex. (laughs) And, and once again, this is where my aliveness is. And I'm also going to be of greatest service, of the greatest service that I can be, that I can step into for the world is, is being in that turned on place. My transmission, my message just makes so much more sense when I'm in this turned on place than it does when I'm in the, I should speak about sex right now because that's, you know, that's what I know. And like not taking the big courageous step to be like, well, I know about sex, but I also know about money and I also know about power and I've done all this healing around inside of myself. What if I created this totally new paradigm for thinking about Aquarian age leadership? And that's what I did with my clients. And like, it's vulnerable and it's scary, but that is the vision that God is moving through me. (sighs) And so this is also just to say, and I, I just feel so much more turned on now than like <laughs> any other point in the, in this podcast is like, yeah, just speaking about this. And for me, the intersections between these places, which are so fucking powerful and fascinating. And, you know, when we can follow our desire, we can get to that place. And I'm showing up in such deep service to my people when I'm in this place. And you're going to show up in such deep service to your people, whether they're the people that you serve through your art or your business or your practice. 
when you are in this place of prioritizing your pleasure, prioritizing what feels good and fun and turned on, whether it's the way of working, right? So what would it look like if you made decisions around your life based on what felt good? How many hours you would work? How much money you would charge? Um, what art you would create? What what services you would create? Like if you were thinking, what would be the most fun for me? What would be the most turned on for me? How many hours could I work a week that would just feel like so fucking turned on? How much would I be earning for those hours that would just feel so fucking turned on? How much what would I be creating that would just feel so fucking turned on? Like, what would I be talking about? How would I be marketing that? Like now I'm kind of going into the business side, but this is so important because I really do want to orient towards people who are wanting to bring their transmission and their medicine more deeply into the world. And business is a wonderful avenue for doing that. And we are creating an entirely different paradigm than capitalism has offered us for what business can be. And I would say for you, you know, what would it look like then to in your business and in your art creation and in everything that you create and offer to the world and offer to the world for money or not, right? Like I don't offer the podcast to the world for money, but I arrive at this creative process saying, what would feel the most turned on for me to speak about today? And for me today was pleasure first. So what would it mean for you to, to, Take this principle of pleasure first, pleasure first, pleasure first, pleasure first, and then really trusting that the thing that feels most turned on is God's vision for me, right? Like, what if you played with that thought that like, what if the thing that turns me on the most is also the thing that is going to bring me closest to what I want is also the thing that is God's vision for me versus, you know, no, I shouldn't do this thing that really turns me on because I'm supposed to do this serious and better sounding thing. Like I can tell myself that these things I'm speaking about aren't serious and instead I should do the serious work of sex and relationship coaching or the serious work of ancestral lineage healing for, and they're so connected to this work, you know? Um, but I could should myself out of it. And then it's like, wait, What if I trusted that my most turned on vision is God's vision for me and God's vision for me is most like, is the vision that is not most likely God's vision for me is the vision that is going to bring me towards the things that I desire, whether that's the money I desire, the type of life I desire, the way of working that I desire. What if I could really trust my turn on? And so I'll leave that there today. Um, I hope you chew on that this week. Like what if in every aspect of your life, you could put pleasure first and trust your turn on. I love you very much. And I will see you again next week.